0: Today, on Father's Day, I, I want to talk to you about a message that I believe is going to, honestly, let's just be honest. If you're, if you're under 25 today, I'm probably going to ask you to hang on to your chair. Because this is probably going to rattle your cage a little bit today. But uh, I, I feel an urgency in my heart today to share about what is a man. What is a man? There was a documentary done last year, and they asked the question, what is a woman? And it seemed like people with doctor's degree couldn't even answer a simple question as, what is a woman? A question that has been answered for thousands and thousands of years. All of a sudden, we have neutralized intelligent minds and allowed outside influence to come in to the point where even intelligent people can't even define, or they can define, and they're afraid of being canceled out. Either way, I thought, you know, it's, it's important that we answer that question for the men of the house. Because there's nobody else answering that question. If you are a man today, you matter and you are important. Come on, ladies, can we give it up for all the men of the house? Come on, let them know you matter and you are important. There are schools in America today, widespread in every state, where children can go in in early elementary school and they have a slider on their desk and on that day they can pick what pronoun they prefer to use, what gender they prefer to be called that day. We're allowing children who can eat crayons and sniff glue all day long to decide that day what their gender can be. We live in a time where masculinity has been toxic. Mascul- if you're masculine, then you're seen as toxic to the environment. You're toxic to the climate. You're, you're, if you're seen as masculine, they want to take away and strip away all masculinity from society. And the problem is this. It's not that we have uh, toxic masculinity. The problem is we have no masculinity. We have a complete lack of male masculinity happening in society today. It's time we raise back up some confident, courageous, godly, capable male leadership in this country. And it should start not in the White House, but it starts in God's house. Come on now, it's time for the men of God to raise up and say, you can't have my voice. You can't have my masculinity. I'm going to lead well, like Jesus led. I'm going to stand up and protect our women and children. I'm going to do the things God's called and designed me to be. Today, we live in a time when top female athletes are now considered men. Who'd ever thought that males would be allowed to compete against women. And men who who can barely make it and don't place in a men's competition can now say they are trans and can now compete as a woman and defeat a woman and feel proud about it. And we applaud them. The insanity. The USA Today gave the Woman of the Year Award to a man. President Biden said, the bravest women he know are actually men. I am not making this stuff up. You know I'm telling the truth. Let, let me be very honest today and if you are here, maybe you want to stick around for the second service. We have a special guest coming in to join us. Our very own Dr. Joseph's going to join me in the first part of this sermon. Uh, he's on call right now working at Mercy Hospital, but he'll be taking off and coming here for the second service. We'll record that and make sure it's online for the second service, God willing. Uh, but let me just tell you this, and he'll, he'll make sure. And you can cut off your genitalia, and it doesn't make you a man. You can cut off your genitalia, it doesn't make you a woman. You can cut off your breast, it doesn't make you a man. You can put harmful Blocking testosterone in your body. You can pump your body through testosterone. No matter what you do, you're not going to change the way you were born. You're not going to change who God designed you to be. And let me give you information. There was a creator, an intelligent creator, who designed you perfect and crafted you perfect. And you have personal DNA. And no matter what you try to do to alter that, you will always have the DNA of a male or female. It's there. The enemy lies to us. The enemy wants to lie to us. And the Bible says that the enemy is the father of all lies. And so he is constantly lying to this generation. He has brought it into the schoolhouse. He's brought it into a place where we would never think that we would have to wonder about sending our children to school and them losing the value, whether they're a boy or they're a girl. But it's happening, not in another country. It's happened, and it's happened right here under our watch. Why? Because we have stripped away for years the masculine role of God-given leadership, and now we're afraid of being canceled out. We're afraid of being seen as insensitive, and we've allowed infeminine men and people to lead our country in a place that is causing men to take a back seat to the leadership in our country, to their family, and to their children. And they are brainwashing our kids into simple things so that they can now be predators on our children. Listen, if you're a grown adult and you want to go to somewhere, that's between you and God and you do what you want. But don't bring that mess into our children right now. They need to know right now. Listen, we're not going to desexualize our children in the first and second grade so that you can be a pedophile and move in on them. I'm telling you, Ark, we need men to stand up and say enough's enough and lead. One is a man, a man leads. The Bible says in the beginning, God created men and women. You were born male or female. No matter what you've heard in school, maybe even at your university, I'm here to, to tell you there's only two genders Male and female. We have to use our God given sense and ability. We got to come against the spirit is trying to take away masculinity from our boys. Take away our beautiful ladies who are called to lead as well and to nurture. We used to announce when a baby was born, it's a, a boy, or it's a girl. It was really easy. Now we're like, it's whatever it chooses to be when it's in third grade. We're not gonna assign it the gender at birth. Well, if you can't assign it the gender, bring it to me, show me their plumbing, and I can answer that question right now. It's not hard. But we're gonna trust kids Pick their boogers all day. <laughs> Crayon on the table. Can't even tie the shoes, but they can they can tell you what they want to be, right? How many glad you're not what you wanted to be in second grade, right? I remember that. Yeah. That changed every day. We don't trust children at the age of 15 to drive a car. We won't give them a car on the highway alone, but we'll let them make a life changing alteration to their body and take harmful chemicals into the body that will affect them for the rest of their life before their brains ever had a time to function and make a wise decision? Where is the male leadership? Where are the men leading our country? Where are the people who avoid allowing our children to be toxic? Look at Genesis 1, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them what? Male and female, he created them. And you can take uh, come up with a thousand different pronouns, and every one of them came from a male and female. That's where they came from, okay? So what I'm telling you today is that God destined from the very beginning. In the very beginning, it was written that God created male and female. And Jesus backed this up as well in the New Testament, Matthew 19:4. Jesus' word says. Haven't you read the scriptures Jesus replied they record that from the beginning God made them male and female So God said this Jesus backed it up Let me tell you something you do not have to apologize for being a male Men don't apologize for being masculine Don't apologize for having God-given testosterone running through your body and wanting to lead It's in your DNA God has given you that ability. Don't apologize for being the man God has made you to be. There's a popular saying right now in the transgender community that Jesus would use my correct pronouns. And when I see that, every time I see that, I think, that is so, such a farthest lie. I don't know who came up with that statement. I can tell you who came up with it. And it wasn't from God or anybody of God, okay? Okay. Because Jesus would not call you by your preferred pronouns. Matter of fact, when you look in scripture, Jesus looks beyond what we want to be, and he sees who we really are, and he talks to the person he's called us to be. And he calls you son, and he calls you daughter. Not what I prefer to be. He looks past that and says, no, Pete, you're not just more than a fisherman. You're a rock, and upon this rock, I'm going to build the church. There is a thing as gender dysphoria. And my heart goes out, seriously, it does go out for those who suffer with this uh, very serious condition. It's a condition where your brain and your body do not match. Your brain doesn't match with the gender of your body. But the problem is this, is that we have a body problem and a brain problem. And what we've done is we've treated the body by mutilating the body, cutting things off, putting in harmful chemicals and drugs into our children's bodies and young adults' bodies, and we're not doing anything to fix the problem in the brain. Since when does that make sense at all? Let's do life-changing damage to a body of a young person and ignore the brain problem. If you are suffering with that, there is help for you. Not only is there help from Jesus, there are professional counselors that can help you deal with the issues you need. And maybe there's a time you need to pause and say, you know what? I don't know which way I need to go. And I need to not be sexually active right now anyway. I need to pull back and I need to find out who God made me to be and work through these things in my brain. Listen, Jesus died a virgin. It's okay if you do too. I promise you. Just telling you. All the parents, the teenagers, yes, amen. Pastor, preach it, (laughs) preach it, preach it. (laughs) Men, God made you to be a man. God made you to be a man. What's that mean, Pastor? That means act like a man. Look at Deuteronomy 22:5. A man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. And the first part of this verse is women don't dress like men. Pastor, what's that mean? Because, like, you know, like, women wear pants, guys wear pants. What, what, where's this line crossover? The intent of this was simply this. Number one, some of you think this is a brand-new problem. But when the Bible addresses an issue and says don't do this, that means they were doing it back then, okay? So this society is not, this is not something new. This is something that was going on way back in the beginning of time. We had people, men dressing like women and women trying to dress like men. And what he was saying, he wasn't worried about necessarily what you were wearing, was the intent of the heart. Don't intentionally try to look like a man if you're a woman. And if you're a man, don't intentionally try to look like a woman. That's what he was saying. Why? Because it goes against who God created us to be. If you are a man of God, God expects you to do things different. He expects you to do things different than the way the world does it. He says, if you're a man of God, don't dress like a woman. Don't try to act like a woman. That means your sex is handled differently. That means your marriage is handled differently. That means your Parenting is handled differently. It means your money is managed differently. It means your gender is handled differently. You don't do everything the world does just because they come along and say to do this. He says, no, my men are going to lead. Godly man, listen, look at this statement. A godly man blesses women and children. What does God want me to do, Pastor? He wants you to bless women and children. A godly man blesses women and children. He's not overbearing. He's not domineering. If you get this out of the day, I'm not talking about being an overbearing, domineering husband or man. No one likes to live with a jerk. Don't be a jerk. That's not what I'm talking about. Leading is not being domineering or abusive. But leading is loving, being present. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. I think that's really where we're going to camp out here for the rest of the day. Let's look at it. Be alert. Stand firm in faith. Act like a man. Be strong. Your every action must be done with love. See, the greatest example we have men to follow Is Jesus Christ look at this Jesus Christ is what a healthy man looks like guys this is what a healthy man looks like Jesus Christ who walked this earth the Bible says he knew no sin and you're not gonna do that I'm not gonna do that that's why I gotta have his grace to cover me because I've done a lot of sin in my life and so have you but his grace covers me but I look to him on how he led how he interacted with women and children, and I find a healthy pattern of how he wants me to lead my life. The Bible says that Jesus was the lion and the lamb. And you'll find that theme through scripture. He is the lion and the lamb. See, a lion, look at this, a lion stands firm, courageous, and strong. A lamb does everything in love. So Jesus stood strong, he was firm, he was courageous, but he also did everything he did was in love and with compassion. And you'll find that theme, Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus moved, you'll find that, look through the scripture, I dare you, if you want to do a word search this week, go back and look at that phrase in the Bible and see how many times Jesus was moved with compassion and he healed, he ministered. He was always being moved with compassion. Let me ask you this question. Did women feel safe around Jesus? They did, didn't they? I mean, he made room for the women. And they came in and they, and they just wanted to be around. They sat at his feet. They wanted to wash his feet. They cried tears and they poured expensive perfume. And, and they wanted to cook for him. They, they, they wanted to be around him because they loved the way he made them feel. For the first time, they felt important in the company of men. In a society that was shunning women and making them feel like second-class citizens, he says, no, we're all equal here. Bring these women in. Let them hear the word of the Lord. God's got a call on their life. God loves you. And he used women to greatly affect the New Testament church. Women feel safe around Jesus. Did children feel safe around Jesus? They did, didn't they? I mean, the Bible says that they were, they'd be, he'd be teaching and they'd be climbing all around them following him wherever he went. And the elder's like, get these children away. And he's like, no, no, bring them to me. And one time he picked them up, a child and keep it on teaching because he wanted people to see that children were important. Uh, He loved children and children loved Jesus. Is being a lion what you are, men? Is being a lamb what you are? Did women who were abused and used by men do they feel comfortable and safe in the presence of Jesus? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. See, guys, do women who have been abused and used, do they feel safe in your presence? Do women feel honored and safe in your presence? Do they feel protected and cared for in your presence? Do your children and their friends feel safe and want to be around you? It's a good measuring still. Ask yourself that question. It's being a lion. It's being a lion for women and children. And it's being a lamb with women and children. Do you get it? See, real men are a lion for women and children. And a lamb with. A gentle as a lamb with women and children. What is God asking me to do? Let me put it to you in everyday English. He wants you to stop the bad guys and stop being a bad guy. We're called to stop the bad guys, dads, men. We're called to protect our women and children. So he wants you to stop the bad guys and he wants you to stop being a bad guy. Be a place where women and children feel safe around you. They feel honored around you. They feel important around you. They feel loved around you. Emotions are the same in both genders. We just express them differently. But there's no women emotions and God emotions, guy emotions. We, we have the same emotions, they're just expressed differently. Jesus had a sense of humor. He marveled and he trembled, and he was distressed, and he was sad, he was angry, he was grieved, he was loved, and he he rejoiced, he was glad, and even have a shortest verse in the Bible that says he wept. Jesus had a range of emotions, guys. It's okay to have those emotions. Can I be honest with you? My sons bring out the lion in me, and my daughters bring out the lamb in me. It's just the way it naturally happens. My son's bring up that lion in me. I teach my sons how to roar. Listen, we've broken more furniture and put more holes in our wall than almost any family in town, and I'm proud of that. But it's all right. Uh, my wife, she hates it. But we were men having fun. I taught my boys to be lions, and my daughters, they taught me to be a lamb. No one can make me cry as fast as my daughters can make me cry. Your kids leave the house, I rejoice and high five. My daughters leave the house and I cry. (laughs) Listen, we are to raise our children as sons and daughters. And you know that before you come home. Listen, there is a... One half a percent to one percent of children who are born with both genitalia, and I know it's going to take a while before we understand exactly the way they need to be, have to have testing to find out which way they need to go and to correct it. But that's you're talking about one percent or less than the whole population, okay? Everybody else, we know when they're born, if they're a son or they're a daughter, and from that time, we are called to raise up strong princess, strong daughters, and strong young boys, and strong young men. It's our God-given right and our God-given task that God has given to us. The Bible is full of telling us, this is what he calls us, he calls us 4,000 times he uses the word men or man. Husband is used over a 100 times. Wife is used over 400 times. Women... It's used over 600 times. Sons, is used over 4,000 times. And daughters, is used over 700 times. This is who God created us to be. So pastor today, what would you say? Well, let me just give you some tips today. I, I, as, a, as a God-fearing man, number one, you're called what? To be strong and courageous. Stand firm, protect. And you're called to make all who come in love, do it all in love. So I'm gonna be a lion and a lamb. Guys, if you got that out of balance in your life, you need to recheck it. It's my home. know I'm a lion and a lamb. For some of you, it's only a lion. Well, my dad was just the way my dad is. Well, listen, I'm just telling you, if you want to be like Jesus, you learn to be a lion and a lamb. I am to protect. I am to lead. But I don't do that in a domineering way that belittles my wife. Well, the husband's the head of the home. He is, and the Bible says she serves right there with me. And it says, husbands, love your wife as what? The way Christ loved his church, and Jesus died for us. So you have to be willing to give your life for your spouse. If not, don't marry her. If you're not willing to lay down your life for your wife and your children, that's what you're called to do. But you're called to do it in love. Listen, no one wants to be married to a domineering man. Guys, hear me. No one wants to be married to a domineering, chauvinistic man. Stop. Jesus doesn't like that. I don't like it. Jesus doesn't like it. And I promise you, your wife and children don't like it either. Take a step back and say, you know what? Yeah, I probably have been leading that way. That's the way my dad led. Someone's got to stop that. Someone's got to break that curse. Some of you here, you haven't even been present in your children's life. Well, I don't want to get along with my ex. So, get to your children. Spend time with your children. Stand up. Let your daughters know there's a man who cares about her and loves her so she doesn't have daddy issues for the rest of her life and marries the wrong man and then marries the next wrong man and then marries the next wrong man because she's always looking for a father in loved because you didn't show up. Be there, present in your children's life. Oh, I know I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. All right, now, come on. Daughters. Daughters. Put God first. Daughters, put God first. Quit giving away your heart to every boy who comes along and says, hey, baby. How you doing? Yeah, come on now. Every every guy who, who likes and sends you a heart He shared my post (laughs) with a heart. Daughters, quit giving your heart away to every man. If he ain't willing to die for you, don't give him your heart. Jesus died for you. Give him your heart now and let him protect it until he sends you the right man of God. And then you give it to him and you'll know when. Well, well, well. He pays me attention. Nobody else did. Jesus already paid you all the attention in the world. Fall in love with him. And I promise you he'll send the right person. Protect your heart. You are a jewel. You are a gift of God. Quit giving away for free the things that God's given you as a precious thing to have. Quit giving away for free the thing he's given you to share with your husband. Let me just put it to you in plain terms. He ain't going to buy the cow if you're giving him the milk for free. Come on now. Mom, what did did he mean by that? You can explain it when we get home. Okay. (laughs) Listen, none of us are perfect. I'm not trying to bring any guilt on anybody. Okay. But what I'm telling you is this. Come on. Have, have, have some dignity about yourself. Fall in love with the Lord and know you are a precious jewel. And just because your father wasn't present in your life the way he needed to be, I'm here to tell you you had never been more loved than you are right now. That God loved you, gave his life for you, and he sees you as beautiful, he sees you as precious. He's here to protect your heart. What type of man do you want to marry? Pastor Jim, what kind of man should I marry? How do I know? Well, the first question you ask a man who wants to marry you is not, do you love me? But he loves me. No, the first question you ask a man is, do you love God? Do you love God first? Well, he loves me more than, does he love God first? If he doesn't love God first, you're going to have some trouble in your marriage. I'm telling you, it's going to be a hard road ahead. But if you find a man who loves God first, and it puts God a priority in his life, then the other things will fall into place the way God needs to lead and train him. Listen, I can tell you, I was not a great husband early on, but because I loved the Lord over the years, Pastor Tom and I talked about this the other day, man, we were hard to live with when we were young but God has changed my heart and God has changed us and he's allowed me to form and be the man of God that he's calling me to be. And I still have lots of areas to improve. And so do you. Ladies, ask him. Watch him. Invite him to church. Does he worship? A man who doesn't like the presence of God, a man who doesn't love the presence of God is a dangerous man. Find out. I'm going to find out. You love, let's go to church. Let's see how they respond. I know, listen, people can put on masks, but you can tell. Does someone love the presence of God? Do they love God? But he loves me, Pastor. Can he provide? Does he have a job? I'm not talking about did he get laid off and he's looking for another job, but does he work? Does he have a history of working? Does he have a history of providing? Listen, you are worth more than all the fine jewels in the world. Respect yourself. And no, you are not going to give your heart away to this to anybody. They got to earn that love and show you who they really are. Well, pastor, what kind of advice would you give to our, our sons? Men, pattern after Jesus. Love the Lord. Put God first in your life. Put God first in your life. But if you want something very practical, you want to help your man, you want to help your your son go from being adolescence to a man. How do I get my teenage son to grow into adolescence to a man, young man? How do I help him? Look at this. How How do you help your son grow from a child to a man? Tell him to get a job. And if he's young and out of high school, Tell them to get two jobs. (laughs) You think I'm playing? This is no sarcasm. I'm telling you the honest God truth. If your kid is growing up, he needs to be having a job. Our young boys need to work, and they need to work hard. Why? Because dignity is found when they learn to stand on their own two feet. Listen, mama, you are not their safety net. Let them stand on their own two feet. I remember raising our kids, my wife would be like, honey, you're just too hard on those boys. And I honored her opinion, and I, sometimes I probably was too hard on the boys, but I had to set her down away from the kids and say, honey, I've got to be hard on them sometimes. Sometimes I got to go overboard a little bit because I'm raising up strong young men who got to learn to take responsibility for their life. And one day they're going to lead a whole family by themselves. And so it's my job to prepare them. So mama, you're going to have to let me be tough on my boys. You wouldn't do that to your daughters. That's right. But my boys, they learn how to work. I'm proud of all my children. I have a strong work ethic. Listen, I'm not telling you something my, my, I haven't preached and lived out. You can see it. i got the receipts to tell you. It is producing a dignity in them that they are able to live and they're able to start paying for their own things. Pride comes in. They get a dignity about them, and they feel like they're contributing to society, standing on their own, and it produces a healthy growth of maturity in their life. Well, I can't get my kids to quit playing video games all day. Well, who bought them the video games? Who pays for the Wi-Fi? Just saying. I'm not against video games. All my kids play them. They love them. But they, after they come in, after they've been working full days, that's a way for them to decompress. And I'm like, go ahead. You've earned it. Go for it. Nothing else. No other response. But go decompress. It's great. But if I get up and they're playing video games day after day, all day long, something's wrong. That's going to go in the closet. I pay for it. Well, I pay for electricity. And I pay for the Wi-Fi. It's going to go in the closet. Why? Because I'm raising up strong men. Oh, I know I'm, I'm meddling in your house today. It's okay. Listen, get your, get your boys moving. Get them active. Get them busy. Learn to stand on your own. It will bring a dignity about them, a maturity about them, and a self-worth about them. It produces. It does. It does. It's the way God designed men to work. It's how we grow. It's how we contribute. God wants that. Men, you were born to protect, lead, and provide. Not that women can't be a part of leadership. They are. They can't contribute to, to the home they do. And they, we appreciate it. But the bottom line is, it's not your wife's responsibility. It's your responsibility. If she's able, God bless you. she's able to contribute, great. But the, the weight falls on you, man. It's your job. I'm going to close with two questions. And I want you to get this and ask yourself this question. If you're, Listen, dads, ask yourself this question. If, if your sons grow up, To be like you, is that a good or bad thing? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. If that's a bad thing, then we need to make some changes, don't we? We need to make sure we're getting balance of the lion and the lamb in our life. Let me ask you this question, this last question. If your daughters grow up to marry someone like you, is that a good or is that a bad thing? If not, something needs to change, and it's not too late to change. I'm a living testimony. God can do miracles, and God can change, and you can as well. I want you to bow your heads. Father, I thank you. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for strong men. I believe you're raising up strong men in Destiny Church who are going to lead their community and families and their church well. There are men after your own heart. God, I see them, and I've witnessed it with my own eyes, the growth in them. And God, I just pray today for all the men of the house.